Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My grandmother would make dandelion wine. Like, Ray Bradbury. Yep. My, <laughs> my, my grandfather made moonshine. Hell yeah. He, would ha- he, had, he had jars and jars of moonshine, and when I was like, seven or eight years old him and my uncle were drinking some and I was like what's that and he gave me a little bit and he didn't think he thought after I'd sniff it I wouldn't drink it Ooh. and I drank it all and I was wasted that's a real Anna Green Whoa. Gables moment yeah. um, my grandfather made root beer because he's a Mormon oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he would make homemade root beer when we were kids and he would get dry Wait, ice I'm to sorry, put in it root beer root beer root beer root beer root, root. Root, 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 root. You've been saying rut, girl. You, you root get beer. what I mean, though. A hundred percent. My I career is in a real curious root. If there was an Omaha pronunciation. Root. Well, you guys, welcome to Side Work. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. I'm Kyle June Williams. I'm Jocelyn Hughes. I'm Brooke Van Poplin. Amazing. We're all back together. We've all been busy, busy ladies. How was everybody's holiday weekend? It's good. Hey, did you camp again? Did no, I, I would no? never oh, okay. camp on Memorial Day. Oh, Come on, yeah, no. you're right. But you did recently take an epic trip. I went to Maui. Yeah, girl. I went to Maui. I rented a camper van from a place called North Shore Vans. Everyone rent a van from there. It was the best trip I've ever taken. It was my first solo trip. It was so much fun. Um, I had some delicious Hawaiian food. There's a there's place not called a lot Mama's. of it, but when you find the good stuff, woo! Yeah, there's a place called Mama's Fish House that uh, my friend took me to. On what island? Maui. Maui. Yeah, and. It's this like old school, very formal. Everything's like dark wood and bamboo, and everything's islandy. And it has this, it's like right on the beach. It's gorgeous. Mm. Everything's a million dollars and it's worth every penny. <laughs> it is so good. So I had some really good food. Everybody was really kind. And I had another really ni- nice sushi one night. I was sitting next to a couple that, like, the guy was like, I know you also love George. But I just want to let you know that I love you and I'm here for you. I'm sitting there and I'm like by myself. I'm like, fuck that. What? This ch- I look over at the chick. I'm like, this chick has her pick of two dudes? Ugh. So that was interesting. Solo eating. That could be a whole episode. Oh, <laughs> please. I'll put it on the list. Yeah. but Solo um, diners are weird. Yep. Going out to eat, you get treated kind of weird. You get treated so weird. There was another place I went um, called Aloha Plate. It was just like traditional Hawaiian food. And it was so good, but 
when I walked in, also open air beach views, gorgeous. God, I when I walked in, uh, the hostess did the thing that I can't stand where she was like, well, the wait is 45 minutes to an hour. You want to wait? Like, well, yeah. Where else am I? I'm hungry. Yeah. Also, I tried to go to the bar and she acted like the bar was like off limits or something. It was so bizarre. Long story long, I was sitting within 10 minutes eating. Oh my God, thank you. That just happened to us in Detroit. I went home to see my family and I I just got excited because I'm like, oh, I got to give some props to some yet new notable Detroit uh, restaurants that opened up. We went to this place called the Grey Ghost and God forbid it was last Sunday. We didn't have a reservation. It's and really they, on point with a ghost color. Gray is a it is. I mean, outside, color. Of, outside of gray, <laughs> right? kind of getting into what? Right. Like, like, like terror? The, the see-through ghost? Dur- red. You can't say red because Dur- you'd say like blood. Dirty cloth ghost? Like the color of a dirty drop cloth? Yeah, can't be neon. <laughs> Neon's two nineties. <laughs> the puce ghost. Oh, anyway, go ahead, please. The burnt orange ghost. Like, you know, so, and I wanted to judge because, um, again, with the Midwest, as we all laugh, like everything is always just like a few years behind, but they're still. So I got a little judgy before even walking in because the font on the menu sign, I was like, ugh, gross. Like, it's that really weird. I'll I'll show it to you. It's hard. You'll know exactly what I mean, but it's like that very clean sort of spelled out. Not even, maybe. maybe. I think it's called Gothic and I hate it. And I just was like, oh no, this place is going to be a dork fest. Quite the opposite. I fully judged the restaurant. Um, We had waffle fried bologna and cheddar bites Whoa. which were really really good waffle um, fried bologna which yes. i am my grandmother's granddaughter god rest her soul Salty, like cheesy crunchy yeah we we grew up on fried bologna sandwiches and like she'd wow. go get the ring and fry it in a pan and then make a so sandwich it's bologna within waffles fried Bolo- like yeah, chopped fried, up with cheese and made into like, a waffle open face almost and stacked and then you just kind of ate it all and ah, yeah it sauce was, I don't remember the sauce. I'd have to go back and look at their menu. Mm. But we had a lovely, lovely meal. Got uh, a little trashy trashed. And what they do is when they have their overflow, because it's so popular, they bought the bar across the street, which is called um, Second Best. But so we went over there first because we got the whole like, you guys, it's, I mean, it's going to be like 45 to an hour. This and is when what that you need to say. Up, yeah. You need to say, hey, the wait's really long. We want to grab a drink at the bar. Yeah, what is, what what is it? What Why is it? The immediate turn I mean, down. What wanna, was it? And, and I, you it know, pissed me off. You want to, well, if you want to risk waiting, if you want to take that chance, I don't know what to I mean, tell we you. We hate money. We hate money so much. It's not so like you're much. an adult with a wallet that wants to spend I don't money. I this restaurant that's popular enough that we're on a wait. Are you guys really, you want to risk that? annoying thing right. though is because I, I kind of call the bullshit but she knows so like but my mom and dad immediately were like oh god we're not gonna get to the airport in enough time and blah blah and I was like that shit worked on them if I wasn't with them they would have walked away and I was like no we'll put our name in had to fight my dad I was like go outside and I was like yes van because we always say van instead of van poplin for three and uh then we go over order a little bite get a drink 10 minutes our table that's what ready. I'm saying so they're all just like I was like do we not look cool what's wrong devil's advocate though as someone who works in a restaurant where there there is always a wait yes right and it's always a 45 minute wait it's expectations It's better to set an expectation of it might be 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm saying I'm fine with that. Happier. You say that. It's just the discouragement of like, do you really want to wait? But then, but we we did that thing where you're like, okay, 45 minutes. 
we were there 10 minutes and then it's like, do you want to keep your table? And it's like, you just told us to go get lost for 45 minutes and we yeah. are rushing. We slammed our drink and we all like ate those little pig in a blanket so fast. And then it was like, hi, cool. Like, so I was like, that's negligent sort of. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. thought that was kind of shitty. You it's know, hard as a host, is, Yeah, hosting is harder than it looks. Oh, like it's it not is. just, it, it really is. It's, it's might a, be it's in, in very busy restaurants. I think it's the hardest job. For but sure. I also think it's, it's not easy. Your point of view is that like you, but this is a place that's, you're always busy, always on a wait all the time. Yeah. Possibly Great Ghost might be a place that like is a newly busy restaurant, newer yeah. place where like they're just not used to that kind of, you know, or it's more their patrons that are probably aren't fucking used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have people that come in like who aren't fully like yeah, educated LA for the fact that you have, might have to wait 45 minutes for a table and people are like this is insane we're going to mcdonald's like that happens sure. you know mm-hmm. yeah i know people get mad i know everything like that it's just it was just like yeah. it's when the it, tone too it's the tone of what you, you should leave instead of eating to this place you came to on purpose yeah that's what bothers me yeah at least at your place it's like this is one of the hottest restaurants in LA, you know there's going to be a wait. Like, people expect it. So it's, I don't know. I know people get mad. No, no, I get it, yeah. And I think in bigger cities, too, like, I try not to go out on a busy night to somewhere popular starving. Totally. And I'm fully anticipating um, and excited to be like, yeah, we're going to hit the bar. Call us, you know, when our table's ready. I love a bar seat. Me, too. I love a bar seat. Oh, it's the best. It's great. But anyways, good travels. Yeah, good good travels. Well, we're kicking off summer, you guys. We are kicking off summer. In this episode specifically, we're going to talk about summer serving jobs, okay? These come in different shapes and form. I think no matter what, like, we're like, oh, it's summer. It's time to, like, play and cut loose and, like, lay on the beach. And people have office jobs are, like, playing hooky. But, like, if you're a server... Or, like, working in a town that, like, livens up, like a small beach town, you just get your ass handed to you over and over again all summer long. Can we relate? Oh, Oh, I I can't help but think of the Hamptons in New York. Yeah. You know, immediately where New York descends upon this sleepy farm town. That's been shuttered, essentially, for, like, seven months, eight months. Yeah, and people people do go there to make their seasonal money. Yeah, there's people mm-hmm. that go to town specifically to make the summer money. Yep. Yeah, and, and then, then that's leave the money that when the summer money for over. the rest of the year. Or yeah. summer jobs where like you're like you're in school and like you go work at that crap shack every summer and that's where you make all your money and also like have your summer fucking romances right. and like work hard and play hard and like the staff parties super hard all summer like it's an 80s movie this stuff really happens yeah we've oh, all yeah. seen Dirty Dancing yeah oh ah. my god give me I'll fucking carry a watermelon I have two friends that met their husbands at their summer um uh restaurant jobs it's adorable like one was in Gloucester Massachusetts Gloucester Gloucester and the other one is in Cape May in Jersey and like came back with husbands, back with husbands. <laughs> husbands and fat wallets. It is a very East Coast thing. It is a very it short is. life thing for like all those small sleepy all, beach towns to come alive. It's kind of like a a weird like camp because uh, like a lot. I remember my friend at um, I think it, who went to Cape May. Like they also like lit. They had housing for um, the staff oh, as sure. well. Yes, you yes. have like right? your bunk. Yeah, yeah um, that happens. Well, we talking about East Coast, 
uh, the the Michigan version of that is everyone goes up north when the Traverse. Same with Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. we're 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 repping the Oh, Midwest. I have Traverse in Door County oh, um, and Eagle River. I, I have. Oh, we're gonna get to all of this. Red Eagle, the whole thing. You know, oh, I, you've told me about that. <laughs> well, that's Mara. That's Mara's right, family. Right, 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 right. Spread Eagle, which is kind of close to where Johnson and her family. Spread Eagle is a place, correct? Yes, it is. Yes. A okay. lot of eagle-based town so names. So you can say hi. Minnesota and Wisconsin. I got to fly back to Spread Eagle today. Or yeah, I'm going to Spread Eagle. I'm going to drive into Spread Eagle. And yeah. our, our my family's cabin is in Eagle River. There we go. Yeah. It's right next to Butthole Eagle. Also. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a summer job in Omaha, Nebraska at a place called Rosenblatt Stadium, which was a minor league um, baseball stadium. That is, <laughs> They have since leveled and put a brand new shiny stadium there. But there was a restaurant attached to the stadium called the View Club. And you would go in and it was like all windows, like tinted windows with three levels, right? And so you'd, the bar was on the top level and the kitchen was on the bottom level. Mm-hmm. And people would come in and instead of like getting burgers and hot dogs wrapped in foil, they'd come and get them served on plates <laughs> and like <laughs> sit in an air-conditioned restaurant. And, and it, eat the hot dog with a fork and a knife. Exactly. Like it was Donald very Trump. fancy. And watch the game in an air-conditioned view because you could see the field. The ball game was happening right there. And it was kind of it was kind of amazing. Like it was definitely a summer job. The best time was probably when whenever there were fireworks. Obviously, that you got to watch. Fourth of July, there was a buffet, um, so you didn't really have to do much work. You just brought Jinx, but like you got automatic gratuity on all your on all your tickets that night. Um, if there were day games, there were always buffets. We'd call them businessmen lunches. And that's when you would bank and you'd always get double tipped, like because it's Whoa. like it was automatic grat and then they'd always put something on top of it. But um, the College World Series always came through every year, too. And no booze allowed. But like you they got you were you basically you. worked doubles for two weeks straight. Whoa. And so you would got to go out and hang out in the concourse and you would like do trades with like all like the delicious shitty fried food vendors. And like it was a really, really fun summer job. How many summers did you do it? I t- only two summers. But like my sister got recruited. So we worked together. We what waited. Do you mean recruited? Like so Doreen, who is our manager. Doreen. Doreen. And uh, my friend Miranda, they had like all worked at Rosenblatt Stadium for years doing College World Series stuff, but more in the concourse. So then Doreen like started managing the restaurant. So I think like, like Miranda is the comic. one that was like, if you want the summer job, come get it. And I was like, I do. And then my sister caught wind and like there was a there was a tight group of us. Like my friend Liz, who we worked with, who actually listens to the podcast. Hello, hey, Liz. Liz. Hey, Liz. Um, her and her husband, John, met John Scout because he was working in the kitchen and managed the kitchen. And he was like she was like this beautiful, like two super tall redhead, like Irish Catholic very smart young woman and he was like he just moved i think seattle he was like he used the word squat rot a lot like because he would he was a punk rock like hellion and he would like squat in houses and you get squat rot if you like stayed on dirty mattresses because that's what it was called and they fucking fell in love (laughs) and they got married so young like they were one of the my first friends to ever get married, like his fucking friends, somebody stole the baby Jesus out of the manger scene when the day they got married. Cause they got married around Christmas. It was a huge no, no, like people were pissed, but like it was so no like, like opposites that. attract and they're still together and they have three kids and it's, it's like, it's amazing. It's like Paula Abdul and DJ Scat Cat. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
sure. That's totally what it is. Um, I was literally, I was like, which rapper is that? And then I was like, wait a minute, he's an animated cat. He sure is. Kyle, I feel like you had to have had a summer job, though. I did. I had a, I used to go home. I mean, granted, though, it wasn't like summer because it was Florida and it's summer 365 days there. Uh, but I used to go home and work at the quarter deck, which was. Ah, we've heard of the quarter deck. So yeah. with the swings. With the swings. Uh, that my, <laughs> and the old lady was like, push, fucking push her in yeah. the swing. Yeah, push her in the swing. Um, I had to wear really short, like khaki shorts and a baseball hat. Um, lots of wings. I served wings all the time. But it was still like a summer. Place. Oh, yeah. Well, because I would go home for the summer in college and I'd work there. Because uh, it was like a. the. People that li- used to live down the street owned it, so it was very easy to get a job. And I worked there a couple summers actually. Made pretty good money. Wasn't really like it was. It was just weird old people. <laughs> and then we would get some nights where it was just like it was the worst when I would wait on uh, people I knew from high school that were in town who are now like because everybody a lot of the people I went to high school with because I'm from Florida went to college to find men to get married to. So they brought them home and they'd be like, oh, oh, this is my husband, or like, this is my boyfriend, George. I don't know, um, who are you dating? And I would be like, my career. You know, <laughs> it was very interesting. When you have to like go home to work, it's almost like, it, it's a little degrading. <laughs> it can yeah. be fun if you're like, yeah, own it. And I'm really excited to see all my friends. But I went to school with a lot of rich kids too. Oh, so. sure. I didn't um. have to do it. Me too. But like even looking at, you know, looking up summer jobs and summer waiting jobs, there's lots of articles that do pop up from like, you know, successful professionals in their field, whether it be like in business or acting who credit um, specifically waiting tables in the summer to giving them a lot more experience and giving them the life skills they have today other than doing like a, a stuffy internship listen right. once you've sweat wearing a dressed work shirt a full-length mm. apron mm. a tie and mm. black pants mm. you really get an appreciation for the freedom that is uh wearing jean shorts and not having to wait fucking tables in the well, summer and it's also like knowing that you can make a ton of bank in a short amount of time and being young enough and having the stamina to do that yeah I mean, that is what I sort of uh, like I had I did have friends that would go and like work at those places. Also, the Cape is a big place where that happens. Oh, yeah. OK. And just like it, it was like it becomes like a. Like you're on like on automatic pilot. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just going through the motions. Yeah. Just going through the motions. And then there's the other side where it's just like, oh, it's like Dawson's Creek. You're just like. Like everybody, I don't want to wait on another table. I sent you guys up and then you volleyed it back. I think what sucks, what, what can be that weird dichotomy though, is when you are working your ass off, making that money at a summer seasonal job. Like for everyone else, they're like, endless summer. Yeah, it is hard to see. And dreams. And then you are just constantly looking out the window at the ocean, like, maybe I'll touch it one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like you, you know, I, I just, I like think the that's... lobsters in the tank get more action than you do. Like. <laughs> yeah. Then we were talking about 
talk about like, you know, our service jobs that we like, maybe we still have, or maybe that we had when we were in Chicago, where like, there's a big patio involved. And when the summer season oh hits, my God. the entire restaurant like doubles in size. It's yep. twice as much seating. So to- it's twice as much work. But for some reason, the fucking kitchen still stays, stays the same size. I don't yeah. understand. I mean, we live in Los Angeles, which should have patios aplenty. Where are the patios? No patios? There are so many more pl- patios in the Midwest because you can only use They're them for like shift five patios. seconds. But that's the problem. is, And that's a loss on money. Think about like uh, here, like if that was open all the time, it'd be so much I just, more. I don't understand if I, these people grew up and just don't, don't care. Right, or like, or if they have no heart. But like <laughs> you go to a restaurant and you're like, you don't have one patio seat? <laughs> Seriously though, what the fuck? I, when I moved here, I, I was really shocked almost i was like yeah. i can't just go sit outside and drink a margarita i live in los angeles now it's, someone help it's me it's a like, lot more on the west side but even there not that many places no and um, it tiny doesn't patios. make any goddamn sense there is some change happening like far east like a little more highland park eagle rocky i feel like there's little changes happening here oh yeah there. you know i tried side note I tried the vegan beer garden. Oh, Hootagruten or you whatever. You liked it too? Did you I go? I have not been. Oh, she okay. told me I'd about like it. I'd like to dying. go. It was so good. I've heard it's great. I really want to go. go. I mean, I drink no. sparkling water, so I can't attest for the beer, but the I got a Jaeger schnitzel as vegan. It was so, even my friend who came like by like not really being that hungry, she ate half. I mean, we just, we scarfed that thing down. I'm like, you can give me spatzel and red cabbage. And I'm the happiest girl. It's so good. And it's a beautiful patio. Yeah. Mm. Highland Park's on top of it. Highland Park's on top of it because I'll tell it's you what. It's a bunch what, of New York transplants. Of course. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what. I'm tired of wanting to sit outside and saying to everyone, all right, lower your expectations. Let's go to Salazar. And I yes. don't care. I'll yes. name names. The Ooh. worst wait staff ever. I had a good one last time. I think I, I already said did? this. I had a yeah. good one a few weeks ago. Something, they, they they like, you know, got a little more ship shape over there. The worst vegetarian options but ever. Yeah, terrible vegetarian options. The drinks, like, they just ring up so fast. and But you're just sitting there going, like, there's It's no all way. ice. It's, like, giant It is such a bummer a because it really is a beautiful space, yes. you know? And it is such a coveted thing in this town, which, again, it shouldn't be. If you, if you are listening, this is basically a completely outdoor venue. It used to be a service station, like a gas station. And so they still have this awning that they've made very cute, and they put out really cute. It's an adorable space. It's packed all the time. Yes. But for some reason, it's a clusterfuck for everyone that works there. And, like, oh. Nobody can like keep their shit straight no because one... like the kitchen's all the way on one side, the bar's all the way over on another side, and everywhere in between apparently is when the sun goes down, it's just dark and nobody knows where they're going. There's a black <laughs> hole that people have to pass through, and they forget if they even work there. Yeah, I don't think it's the, they like uh... sit down and they're like, "I'll have a margarita," and you're like, "Wait, weren't you our server?" They're like, "I don't know." I think it's uh... the uh, combination of everyone bringing their dog and child. Oh. And so you, the service take long because they have to dodge eight million dogs. I mean, and three I feel bad for kids. the staff because they're inundated all the time. So Maybe. it's just who I, I don't know. Maybe There's the a lot going into why LA it's not River fumes. Like, oh yeah, that's damage. real. Um, so working outside when you've worked a patio, and I certainly have rocked a fucking patio. It is right. You're it's dealing with weather. Wait, where did you work outside? Oh, uh, Brooke and I worked together at Bad Dog Tavern in oh. Chicago, Illinois, which had it was a beautiful patio. Right, but was it? And I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Was it sweltering hot? Yes. Okay. 
And people were still like, yes. But it's not even people because they get to leave. Like you're there for eight hours. Yes. I had to. I worked at the Vanderbilt in Prospect Park. Mm -hmm. And did you guys where we met? Yeah. Did you guys have to bring out the furniture and bring it in? Unlock it. I have never. I I have never had so many moments of like breaking down in the middle of just working an eight-hour shift, being so fucking exhausted, my arms and legs hurting, and then being told I have to do manual labor by pulling wrought iron chairs inside and stacking them <laughs> Dude, and so then and then right taking now. a chain yeah, and wrapping and a chain around. sorry that is like the bus boys job in my mind yeah, in some sometimes ways it's the bus you know? boys job. it doesn't have to be but I, I i'm i'm just saying like it's just I, you know what it's just not my job that's what i would love sure. yeah it just wasn't yours <laughs> sometimes it you was know? sometimes it uh, wasn't it was it depended always, on what shift you're working and it sucked so okay so it's like you know you're you're setting up the patio but then also putting it away and because it's new york and it's 102 degrees with 103 so humidity so you show up with like maybe flip-flops and a tank top so you don't die and then you're dragging a wrought iron table and just next to you you dropping it on your toe <laughs> yeah and yeah, dude, it's rough. And you showed up for work showered, yep. but now you are 100% drenched again. Right, because they want you to wear all black, <laughs> yes. right? And they want you to work outside with no awning in direct sunlight. And it, I I just, I had, so, I would literally lose my mind when they told me I was working the patio. Plus, like, these such... patios are prime fucking real estate yeah, for they people are. coming in. That's where they want to sit. That's where they want to be seen. And That's it's like they... a good section if you aren't wearing like a, a parka. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's the most uncomfortable. I hate, I, it like, I'm sorry. I just had like a, my, my whole body just oh. tensed thinking about I it. I saw it. Can, I saw it. Can we agree? I fucking hated it so that much. That it's a special kind of asshole customer who shows up to sit on the patio right at 5 p.m. Oh, my they're, God. They're alone. Oh, my God. They're they alone. They sit outside. so hot. And you have to wait. But they're like, but they're some sort of guy usually wearing like a safari cap. Like, it's just like a fun guy who's like, I'm wearing my, my weather cooling wicking outfits. So I don't mind. I used to study in Africa. You know, just some fucking lone shark weirdo. And to me, it's that sound of the stifling hotness and deadening sound in New York outside. And but then you'd go in and there's like music and it's cool. And you'd be like, oh my God, I have to go back out there. Or even worse. I have to go back out there. But I was like, even worse when you you open and you're setting up and somebody is standing there, a customer is standing (laughs) there watching you struggle pulling these chairs out so just being like I don't know why it's not set up like I, they're setting up our table right now you know what just wait it's fine it's gonna happen it's gonna happen we're gonna sit I just I just wish they would move faster it's like you go I, I oh. how about help me oh, yeah that's yeah. the problem they never leave they they get their patio seat and, and then, they then, then they sit, sit they're like here we are they camp that's hours. what we call them we call them campers campers yeah mm-hmm. yeah so many more shifts to have there's so much more money to be made it's also i think there's just a summer mentality where you can work harder and you can play harder so like while you might be getting your ass handed to you and have a swamp ass all summer you're also staying out later 
probably drinking more, having more fun because like you you feel uh, the the, oh, the alive exactly. It's There's summer. nothing like summer in New York. Yeah, there is this epic, awesome patio and bar that will open up if it's like a warm day in March. If it hits like 55, you know, they'll post on Instagram, we're open. It's this place called the Peanut Barrel, which I just love. It was my college hang. So much trouble, so much romance. The summer of 2000 was the best summer of my life. <laughs> and you could find all of us at the Peanut Barrel literally celebrating every... Y2K, not ruining the world. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the interwebs didn't crash. The first the time robots didn't take over the world. That was my life eighth grade presidential slogan Y2K, yes to Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I'd vote for that. And then it was also welcome to the Willennium because my last name is Williams. Yeah, on point. And you're aligning yourself with Will Smith. Oh yeah, who is not to be beat. Party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach to the break of dawn. I could sing the whole song. Vote for Kai Williams. (laughs) Vote for Kai Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, yeah, I, I think of this summer of 2000, and there's a handful of my friends who all like fondly look upon it too. Like we got a huge group. It was a, it was a summer of playing. kick the can throughout the city which was so fun we played we just did all this like renegade awesome really fun like a lot of adult mischief games all throughout this was our college town and then we would end up after playing sweaty like dodgeball kickball kick the can whatever drinking at the peanut barrel also you had just turned 21 i just turned 21 i love that place they made the world's most dangerous long island and so they would start marking your hand when you had one (gasps) and if you got another another mark then you just you were done for the night oh my god i love that so would you make friends go get you no no they were it was a it was not a big place and the staff fucking knew us uh you know what i'm saying they're like oh god they're here again and i mean that was a summer where like i had never really met like a scary mean girl you know where i I met these punk rock girls that we were hanging out with we were fighting over the same boys and i got a switchblade pulled on me in the bathroom oh yeah this girl her nickname was pretty hate machine and oh i know she best summer ever Best summer ever because I landed like two of the hottest guys that summer. And she's like, but my dad's a dentist. I'm half Asian and beautiful and I'm punk oh, rock. Stab and, you! And like, so she would like go out of her way to intimidate me. She pulled a switchblade. Switch she had a stiletto, like one of those where I'm like, that's actually a fucking boss move. Um, hang out later? No, but did then, but then pinned, you? she cornered me. What did me. she say to you? You're, she, I need I know, to hear I'm, more about I'm washing this. over <laughs> details. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what she said to me, but pulled the switchblade, pinned me against the stall, and then kissed me what? on my lips. So she was playing. This is like so like, pre-killing Eve. I was shit just gonna say. Wow, that's like a very, very and then hot stole my film. boyfriend a few months later. All the shit went down on the patio, man. Best summer ever. <laughs> Let's wrap this up with some great server life tweets you guys um uh boston server probs at boston server oh i like this guy yeah wrote patio season is basically the summer olympics of the restaurant industry hashtag server life hashtag server problems i mean i think we can all relate to that dude i mean when you go up into northern michigan because it's so beautiful and like jocelyn was saying like in the midwest summer is like three minutes long but i mean all the 
all the townies, I mean, you have nicknames. Like everyone who goes up to Mackinac Island, et cetera, they're all called fudgies, cone suckers, <laughs> uh, lowlanders, like the whole thing. Like, because you're just like, here they fucking come. Cherry droopers. I don't know. Mug <laughs> <laughs> um, <Lung> suckers. <laughs> this next one's from at Leash25. What are these? Candles? I don't know. Um, when you get a crap section and still walk with two bills in summer, hashtag thug life, hashtag server life. Yeah, making that sum of money. Ooh, Jocelyn, this one's going to upset you. No, this, you is, uh, this is at Whiskey Unicorn. Yeah. Hashtag worst thing about summers. My job requires dark blue jeans in that North Carolina summer. <laughs> hashtag swamp ass. <laughs> hashtag server life. I feel you, Kelly. I feel you, whiskey unicorn. I have sweat the sweat. I've sweat more waiting tables in a patio section in summer than all of the workouts, and I work out four to five times a week. I promise you. I Buckets. I could fill an ocean. With butt sweat. With butt sweat, girl. <laughs> Don't worry. I never touched any of the food. Well, listen, you have you have to trigger the PTSD so that people have the stories resurface mm -hmm. so that they can relate, want to, you know, write in. Um. I teach a bunch of, like, 18 to 22-year-olds in a very, like, liberal theater department at a very left-leaning college, and the idea that PTSD is something you want is right. the most, that's the most <laughs> dangerous thing yep. I could be around right now, that idea. Absolutely, it's but it's true. Yeah. And then well, you remember other things like you murdered a man one summer while you were waiting tables. You pushed it down so hard <laughs> with all the stories of, you know, getting orders wrong, but you plum forgot you killed someone. But and it all comes back to the surface. I almost um, feel like um, like in the order of where you stuff things down in your denial and layer, like still waiting tables is below murdering someone. Yeah. <laughs> I want there, I want a horse. I want a horror series called I Know Who You Stiffed Last Summer. Oh, That's yeah. what I want. And it's just murdering people that don't tip. That's actually and who you know, everybody be like, yeah. I see that. I see. I see why. David, welcome to the podcast den. Hi. Crawling with dogs, as promised. As everything should be. Dogs and electrical yeah, cords. Cords and dogs. That's a combo that works. <laughs> and what's great is they can see out the window. So if anyone passes by, they're gonna freak out. Oh, great. We are an audio dream. It's an adoption alarm system, is what I like to call it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> adoption alarm. I just like the constant jingling of the tags. Oh, I think yeah. that's a really fun part. We we record our podcast, me and Jonathan Bradley Welch, at my house with my dog, who is constantly jingling and running, or Jonathan's two dogs. So this is very, I feel like I'm home. Good. Good. Yeah. We just want people to be uh, comfortable. I pity the person who ever comes on the show who doesn't like dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, why would you want that? We why would you want to give that person any bandwidth? In you know what? And if they don't like dogs, they come in. They're probably really not going to like dogs when they leave. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're not changing hearts and minds after Whoa. you do this podcast. Um, so wait, you said you just wrapped a memoir about waiting tables. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we moved on to another memoir because my agent really liked it. But he's like, you know, mm, that darkly com comedic memoir that you've been working on about waiting tables in lower Manhattan the week after 9-11. I just don't know. If no, he was very kind about it. Uh, uh, and it's there. It's on like a back burner now. But Got for it. like a year, that was a thing I was working on, which is based on a solo show I did about that week. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, and to go there for a second, mm -hmm. uh, let's also just 
Warmly welcome, David Crabb. Sorry, we forgot well, hey. to even give you an info. <laughs> I love being you. front loaded with 9/11. Oh, That's right, my favorite yeah, way it's a really to, good intro to who you, yeah, yeah, your name. Yeah. I, I was like, I was like, let's pause before we talk about 9/11 and introduce our guest, David Crabb. Hi, David. Hi. We've been wanting to have you on for so long, we so we're so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. So, you know, I did not live in New York at that time. I was, uh, you know, everyone remembers where they were, but yeah. I'm sure you've spoken with Brandy before because she oh, lived yeah. in New York during that time. And for any of my now friends who were there in New York before I got there, anyone will say that it was one of the more surreal, insane like it just sort of anything went like if you wanted to hug someone and cry if you wanted to have an outburst like there I, I guess there was just so much understanding yeah there was a weird a, way there was a lot of like you know I felt like there was a lot of like seeing people hug each other on subway platforms if you could get to the subway there was a lot of like people hugging each other on the street um the restaurant where I worked at was the French Roast which was on 6th Avenue yes. and 11th Street oh wow okay. and you know after 9-11, there was a blockade on 14th, and you couldn't go down there. You had to show ID. There were, like, mm -hmm. fucking, like, weird ninja marine dudes. Like, mm -hmm. I've never seen military people dressed like the giant ninja marines with the AK-47s. You'd show your ID, and I would show it because the French roast was run and operated solely by this Israeli family. Mm -hmm. And even though stuff below 14th was closed, like, the Israelis took that shit, like, really personally they were like mm -hmm. fuck that we're going to stay open and serve lattes um they couldn't get any shipments of food so the menu that week was just this weirdly dissolving like people would be like can i get a croque monsieur and i'm like yes but it doesn't come with bread or eggs and it's like <laughs> so what is it like cheese? bechamel sauce ham, yeah. and like a and boat <laughs> like it was like everything was like falling apart so we just started sort of like custom making food for people um yeah it was a weird experience because it was weird because that thing that you're talking about was true with people like being sweet and hugging and emotional, but you were still dealing with your own shit, waiting tables to of people course. who, if they were demanding before 9 11, oh. like I kind of experienced the other side of it. Like there was some real unhinged fucking people, real sweet people, and then really unhinged. Like a man stormed out of me, I'll always remember. And like he said, I didn't get him his check fast enough. He was this businessman and he tapped his foot under the table the whole time, like really coked out. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was agitated. And he stormed out. He put a zero on the credit card cool. thing. And he did it so hard so many times that it tore through the paper. <gasps> I had that. Isn't that great? And that's fun. I'm like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Fuck me, I you guess. You really want me Fuck to know. Fuck me. And I was, it was like my third day there. I was scared of the water. Well, my third day after 9-11 in a row, working mm -hmm. doubles because all these people left. And I was like, I'll work them because I was going to save money and get out of New York like every other <laughs> rational person. And I chased him outside of the restaurant. I just broke and I chased him and I, I knocked on the window of his cab. And I was like, what is your problem? And he yelled at me. He's like, you weren't there when I needed you. You weren't there in a loop as the cab drove away. Wow. And I will always remember as he screamed that at me, the cab driver, realizing everyone was a little broken and fucked up, using his control, rolled up the guy's window. <laughs> and I will always remember him screaming at me with the glass going up and like the hot breath of his face on the glass as the cab drove away and he just still screamed. And he was still screaming, you weren't there when I needed you in the cab as it like went up 6th Avenue. Holy shit. Tell us about your uh, waitering origins. I, my first job, I was 15 and it was in Seguin, Texas. And I got a job, my first job, freshman year of high school, at the as a dishwasher slash room service dude at the Holiday Inn. Um, uh, Holiday Inn Express, sorry. I didn't, mean oh, okay. to, I didn't mean to make it glamorous for a minute. <laughs> Uh, and it was at the intersection of I-35 and Route 123. And it was the Holiday Inn Express that had the special partition structure outside for truckers to park. Like, it had all the trucker mm. stuff where 
they have special, I'm getting real gay here. They right, have special right. pumps and air <laughs> yeah. and water things. Right. I don't know what they were. Yeah, big trucks. And Gotta park them there. They, uh, yeah, so I would wash dishes there. Um, they're the truckers, the room service was one of the weirdest parts because those dudes, I would deliver food so many times to completely naked, crazy, like duck dynasty dudes who I don't think they were like, some of them I think were like on the road to live a secret life and get some D maybe. Right. Sure. 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 But most of them just didn't think of me as a person That's anymore. That's interesting. Like so many truckers like, look like bears when you really think about it. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's a culture, honey. Uh, <laughs> right. But like I saw so much. Yeah. So many naked truckers. Um, and they weren't, yeah, they weren't weird. It was just like, yeah, bring it in. Just like everything out, you know? Um, <laughs> and that job I had for about six months until one time I had a boss named Dee Dee. She was this, crazy lady she always was telling me to get my na out the way she said get your na out the way and i was always like and finally after a few months she said it's your narrow your uh what'd you say your narrow ass your narrow white ass <laughs> which i thought was so funny because she could i could have been nwa which is even right. a funnier name for narrow white ass yeah, yeah. um she one time decided that i should clean everything you know and she actually did a lot of that work so i was like cool i'll clean but i didn't know about cleaning so she just pointed at the chemical like the cleaning closet and i didn't know about that i just found a huge bucket and i mixed 409 and i was like well what else do i need to get these floors really clean and i saw this big thing of bleach and i leaned over that thing and i poured those chemicals in and if you don't know what i'm moving towards right now that is a chemical reaction you don't want in your face I woke up in the parking lot surrounded by a few, like an ambulance. There was a fire truck. There were cops. There were truckers in various states of undress, confused in the parking lot. They had called in a, they had to evacuate uh, the restaurant and the front part of the, of, of the Holiday Express. And people apparently from the highway were calling the Seguin PD, being like, there's a smell out here on 35. Like it was terrible. So within a week of that, um, uh, I had a really polite conversation with a guy that like found a way to passive aggressively fire me because I think he saw like a law. He made me feel like there were better things for me to do. Sure, and and there were. You're like uh, it's a big world out there. I just see big things for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I worked at a music store after that, which was awesome. That was a good. They cut me loose. That's much yeah. better. Um, and yeah. to to pause and illustrate really quickly, um, David's body is uh. Two thirds covered in uh, a severe chemical burn. Um, <laughs> the bravery, the bravery. He's like to, Dolly. He only wears the tattoos. He burns. He, he never wears anything long sleeves. Uh. Yeah, yeah. My face is. It just looks like a mound. It's like a turkey. That's zero your fault in it. because you're supposed to be trained on etiquette. Like, what's the big book? The MS. What's the, oh sure, the but I mean in the it's kitchen, like in the big binder. Yep. There's all if the it's rules corporate. If it's corporate. Yeah. yeah. See, I. And I Exactly. And our friend Aaliyah yeah. sitting in. We're going to talk to her in a little bit, too. But she yeah. knows all this stuff. She, and she's she cackling She knew what was you. coming the and minute I mentioned queen, bleach. So, like, she, she's like, what? Oh, that was terrible. It was really terrible. If you've ever inhaled that, I mean, I was, I mean, not, this is gross. It was like, it was like 24 hours of ropes of mucus, like, coming out of. It was oh, like, God. it was like, I mean, that shit, like. Oh, it was terrible. I just, like, Ropes of mucus, the visual of you that. pouring it and then like a crazy, like a green gas, like then yep. fogging up the entire room yep. and you just hearing you thud to the ground. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, luckily I was on my haunch. Like I was squatted. It was one of, you know, those buckets that are so big. There's like a drawing of a baby. Like don't let your baby near this bucket. It's too big for your baby. It was like that kind of bucket. So luckily I didn't have fall too far back, but in the parking lot, my back when I got up was all like messed up because they had dragged me. 
from the kitchen through the parking lot. I'm assuming Dee Dee did, just like sweating and cursing at me unconsciously. Like, was she a smoker? Did Dee Dee like have a cigarette hanging out she of her did, mouth? She, did, she did smoke, but thank God she wasn't smoking at that moment. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't know what happened. Dee Dee wouldn't have had a face either. Oh, so. Yeah. Um, why do um, I just picture for Game of Thrones fans like wildfire? Oh, just like a green. It, it was a flash. I do remember it visually as a cloud that kind of became a flash and then just blackness. Just darkness. Like just How yeah. old were you again? It's 15. Oh, I was wow. about to be 16. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I should have actually had a I'm lying, I was 16. I just did the math wrong. I was 16. Yep. Because I had lived in San Antonio, my mom got remarried and moved to skiing. So yeah, I was it's like sophomore, sophomore year. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Good times. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, all in, we always like to get some stats. Uh, mm-hmm. How long, so you you actually went back to the service industry at some point mm-hmm. after waiting, the poisoning, uh, moving, uh, yeah, getting poisoned, then working right. in the music industry. We say you're yeah. little yeah. Chernobyl. I'm gonna call it that. Yeah. I'm gonna call it your little Chernobyl. Like. My little <laughs> Chernobyl. Oh, I want to get into that show, but I just don't think I can Ooh, do that's it. That's crazy. Anyway, really? we'll talk about it later. Okay. So, David, what does it feel like to have liquid bones? Um, <laughs> Oh, your jaw! Your jaw just—he's so—he's so brave. He's so brave for having such liquid bones. <laughs> I was carted here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. By the way, I went to the wrong house first, and it's fascinating. It's my fault because an old uh, woman speaking in Spanish. She is like the the sort of a blind oracle from like any Guillermo del Toro movie. Answered the door behind a screen, so like I couldn't really see her, and she was like, like I don't know. And I was just like, um, Andrea, Andrea, Brooke. <laughs> And then she answered, and, like, oh, yeah. and then she dragged just kind of a claw. No, she didn't. Do that. <laughs> but it was it was really fascinating. And she lingered at the door, and I just walked away. Like she didn't shut the door. She let me end that interaction, that emotional altercation. It was a, it was fascinating. I apologize. Go she, meet her. Yeah, that's our producer. Have um, her on. <laughs> uh, uh, she's we, we're all cursed. Um. <laughs> See, in college, I became a barista for a few years. Me too. So let's say Me like agree. two years and then we have the Holiday and Express. So that's three. But then it was when I moved to New York in 99 that I kind of by 2001, 2000, I was all in. So we're talking like nonstop in New York, probably up until 2014. Wow. So like 13 years Additionally, to so sixteen. Wow. Yep. No, we, we all we all kind of did our math. Yeah. And I, I was yeah. all about decade plus. If I include, yeah, I was gonna say if I include barista work, yeah. uh, I'm definitely like 15, 16 years. But yeah. the rest of it was uh, being a waitress. Yeah. Did you uh, any bartending? Yes. For y'all too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I did. I did a. I did a mix. Mainly bartending. Yeah, I did yeah. a mix too, and uh, I I loved I liked wearing both hats. I really liked bartending though. You're yeah. a great bartender. I imagine you'd be like real fun to get a drink from. I I, I was until I wasn't. Sure. Uh, yep. That's most people's trajectory. You know, and it also kind of depends on the place. You know, the years at the French Trust, I was only waiting tables. And I actually, that was like my first couple years in New York. I got that job and it was a real awesome like melting mm-hmm. pot of people. It was like, you know, there were all these waiters that would pop in from doing, working all these. Mm-hmm. Other, it was a real cool like New York MTV's real world kind of experience mm-hmm. staff. And then after that, I moved to Rafifi, which is probably the <gasps> first place we maybe ever. Yes. And I bartended there for like five years. What's Rafifi? Rafifi was a comedy bar in the East Village. Mm-hmm. It's the home of. Uh, invite them up. Invite them up. Um, Nick Kroll uh, and John Mulaney. Okay. Nick Kroll, Jenny, oh, uh, Jenny Slate. And mm-hmm. um, Keith Liebman. Yeah. Like it was it's crazy. I think back on nights of like waiting there and like, who are these? Who are these people? Right. 
And like you think of them, it was just this, it had this little hot, what would you say? It was like a three year period where it was this kind of. Where it was crazy. like really popping off. That was, yeah. so I think within a year of moving there, um, which is amazing, Jenny Slate vouched yeah. for me because she's really awesome and sweet. Yeah. And Aaliyah may have been there too because she were comedy friends from back in the day. She would go to Lolita Bar with me. Uh, that's where we met. And then we would subsequently go together. And um, Jenny vouched for me to be on Invite Them Up because she was dating Bobby Tisdale at the time. And it was, for me, that was like my version of like being on like America's Got Talent, like that (laughs) level of pressure. Because I was like, these people are all somebodies or they're about to be major. Like Mike Birbiglia was like really blowing up or whatever. And so, I mean, I had nightmares for a full straight week before my first set ever at invite them up where the, um, the cord would drop out of the microphone (laughs) and then I'd spend the rest of my allotted time trying to be like, I can't get it back in and fumbling. (laughs) And then yeah, anyways, but yeah, no, I, I was definitely there, uh, a real drunk, probably sassing some drinks out of you. And you were sassing back. I, I mean, I don't know how I, I mean, I don't, that really was my Chernobyl. If we really want to break down what physiologically (laughs) I did to my body during, because that was a place to party. I mean, you want to work in a bar that's fun because even on the nights when it wasn't this comedy bar, which is so great. And Bobby and Eugene, like that was my night working their party and then working sometimes for, you know, Jenny's show that she did with Max and Gabe Mm -hmm. on Fridays and Saturdays, there were these huge, like trash was huge i don't know if you ever went on a friday this like huge dance party where all these like djs and i mean it was like it was a tiny space too god i drank so much i yeah i drank so much and so much free booze i was actually one of the more conservative people (laughs) other bartenders if you're listening Lindsay and karen the amount the kindness with which we gave comedians drag performer i mean just anyone like it was really like if they were performing there or having a show we were just like you're so like, good to them. You're um, i don't regret it Damn i it. did the same thing when i burnt in for a comedy show like oh. all my hosts always wasted all the time like yeah i will show this to you in a bit i still have a rafifi drink ticket you oh not funny maybe it, it's in my scrapbook have you do you know if you went to rafifi now to redeem it what you would find it's like a really bad what is rafifi it got it's turned a like buffalo a buffalo exchange it's, yeah. it's was, a buffalo i exchange. know i was either gonna say like a froyo I, spot or a td bank because that's know. all new york like, is what anymore. a good time to say the word buffalo <laughs> like yeah. buffalo exchange buffalo like exchange. ugh. Yeah, Rafifi was Rafifi was great, and Rafifi was weird because I got a late start and trajectory doing comedy and storytelling mm-hmm. and writing, and I had a lot of you know I think a lot of people in New York have those like first two years where you're kind of lost, you're just spinning in like a tornado of glitter and whiskey, and mine kind of lasted like eight years, yeah. you know. Um, and Rafifi was so interesting because like I was starting to do improv, and I was working with a theater company. But, like, what I really wanted to be doing was way more in line with what all those people were doing through the glass doors. So totally. it, was, it, was, it was fascinating. It was inspiring. And then there were nights where it was like, this is fucking boring. What do you want to drink? I can't hear Journey Slate right now, you motherfucker. You know, um, <laughs> you know yeah, fun great. fact, I was there the first night you ever did the Moth Story Slam and won. You, you were. I was. Yeah, that was it. Oh, that place is gone now. Southpaw? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to hear a little more about, like, on the ground being a waiter. Was it just the French roast, or did it move on to full-on bartending? No, the French roast was just waiting. I didn't wait a lot of places. Bes- actually, anywhere, really, I think, besides. I mean, I did some catering. Um, I was a caterer for Whoopi Goldberg's private parties for, yeah. like, a year. That Whoa. was fun. And my husband, Jack, was, like, her waiter when she had, like, a four, like, when she had, like, two couples. 
and Jack would go to the house and like be the server. So we love Whoopi. Very soft place in our hearts for Whoopi Goldberg. That's really fun. Yeah, I almost destroyed her very expensive robot toilet from Japan one time. Uh, she's very cool about it. Um, like from a turd, or like the way you sat on it was no, weird. I didn't know how to use the 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 like remote. Like it's, it didn't just have a handle See, on it. It had it had it had this wall mounted, just a slab of buttons that had different lights and different like. Fuck, like a swirly thing and four red lines and a triangle and like a fucking sphinx. Like I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. So when I went to flush it, I pushed this toilet that just started. I, it had several bidet options is what I'm thinking Right, happened. you can hit yourself in all the spots. I think I pushed something for a lady because my ball <laughs> really hurt. It was very a front, it was a front blast and it was, there was a rhythm to it. Like <laughs> it wasn't constant. So then I pushed that again because I could, and it didn't make it stop. So then I just started pushing more buttons. And then like Pinhead popped up in front I, of you. I, like. I, got, I, got a, the, I got a back one that was warm. And then I pushed something that made the tank kind of rumble. The seat got real hot. And at a certain point, my ass was just like a storm on a teacup because I couldn't get up. Do you know what I mean? It was, a, it was like riding a pony. And I couldn't, like, I just dumb Homer Simpson mashed the whole thing with my dumb hand. And then finally, this was went on for, like, two minutes. And with the caterers were leaving. I could hear them honking. I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? And then finally, I, like, had that, you know, when you're in, like, a car, you know, you, like, your car skids on, like, black ice. And people talk about how, like, oh, it's like a white, there's that peaceful slow motion moment where you're like, I'm going to tie now. I had that in that moment. I looked, and right in front of all the buttons, there was a button that just said, Stop. I pushed it. I mean, like power down. I don't know why I love the image of you like fighting to get the lid down and just water violently spraying you in the face. Well, no, but I couldn't get up off of it because I mean, not to be really gross here, right? But I had done my, I had done, done your your duty. I did a shift's worth of work in that toilet. Do you know what I mean? Um, And I couldn't. It literally, I was the seal, and I was like, "What's going to happen if I get up off of this now?" Just tell Whoopi, like, never go downstairs again. Like, never go to, never go to the service toilet in your washer dryer chamber ever again don't look in that room whoopee <laughs> don't um why does she have a japanese robot toilet in the service like bathroom because she rich? treats everyone well okay yes, good there you. you have it yeah. there that's a great answer it was it was the room where like um i had to leave phil donahue down there before I, at the end of the night phil donahue was at the party and i i didn't know where the bathroom was because i was the mere servant who had appeared downstairs in the washer dry room and i always remember i led phil donahue down there and not realizing that since the party had started like a, a, a maid or something had hung all the these wet sheets across that room. So then once we got down there, Phil Donahue was behind me, like you're going through fucking like I was Jane Goodall, like leading him through the mist. And he's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "The toilet's here, he's Mr. Like, Donahue." David, <laughs> I gotta terrible. do my Phil Donahue. I do too. I do too. I mean, that's how I know about DNA swabs and drag queens. Is that guy <laughs> Club Kids? I would be home sick from school, being like Club Kids today. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, it- but um, he's that's when you know you're a certain age when you're like, oh no, no, I grew up with Phil Donahue in the morning. Like, yeah, he's yeah. my like childhood mainstay. 10 a.m. syndication. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say just another, just Whoopi Goldberg is very awesome because she would have these parties and she would always come in the kitchen and like actually really talk to like the four people, like chopping celery and toasting the bread things and be like, what are y'all doing? What are you working on, honey? Like, she would just really, and then she'd leave almost begrudgingly, like, oh, not these people. <laughs> 
Yeah. Phil Donahue. Oh, fucking Donahue. She'd be like, I'll be back to smoke a big fat joint in here with you guys. Oh, my God. I got to be on The View and meet Whoopi. Really? And I was just like, she was, you know, you got to imagine they have their days when they're just yeah. like, this yeah. fucking job. Um, They all show up at the last possible minute to do mm-hmm. hair and makeup. And then, like, be, like they are the minute you know it's a wrap they yeah. are yanking their microphones off and like they are in their car on their way home it's mm-hmm. i mean think about it what a, what a slog i mean it's a great amazing job but you yeah. show up for work you know you go to work about two hours a day hair makeup tape it and then go but i mean and a good portion of it is sitting through megan mccain mm-hmm. like uh, yeah this is too. i think this is like four years ago three years ago or whatever but um so it was like joy and Cristela Alonso, Cristela Alonso was doing like a guest stint okay. for a bit, and was was was, Eliz- was Hasselback still? No, there? no, no, no. She okay. was long gone. But uh, my show, because it is totally so stupid, Whoopi was fully like not having it. She's like, "What? Really? Are the-? Like, not in a bad way." She's like, "Okay, I guess they're gonna put peanut butter on this guy's face and shit, you know." And I'm like, "I know, Whoopi. I know, but I'm gonna keep this job." I don't have options. <laughs> I, I, to me, that to me, it seems like that's the kind of show that Whoopi at home, rolling her J, could get behind. Yes, you know? like, and you know what? Maybe she had to see it, but just seeing like a snippet of what we purported to do on the show, she amazing. was like, "What is this shit?" And I was like, <laughs> "I'm a big fan of her weed cream. It's great." I'm. You uh, know what? Uh, can I borrow some? <laughs> yeah, I mean, great. I don't have it on me. Great. Can is I get a like- schmear? Whoopi like and my it's specifically for uh, menstrual cramps is like what oh. she goes for. Like that's her that's, awesome. that's her focus. But it works yeah. for everything else. So it's a THC CBD balm that like goes to work pretty darn quick. Whoopi's she's doing God's work, mm-hmm. really. I like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some. Mm-hmm. The last place that I that I waited that I bartended at was a place called Arlo and Esme, and it was like a year and a half, and it was on East First between first and second. And it used to be this Indian restaurant that was in a basement that was mm. like arches and they would put rose petals. People would come in and think it was that and be like, what is this now? It was a cafe upstairs where Kira Knightley loved to come and eat a salad and read. And downstairs, it was hell. It was a like, like T-Pain, Miley Cyrus blasting. Um, we had to move to plastic cups after the first few weeks because women kept slicing open their toes wearing open-toed <gasps> shoes. Um there were there was a problem with a urine smell and we couldn't figure it out. It's just New York in a basement. Um, you were by the subway bankers, line. Close. Uh, we, we were. I mean, but well, bankers were just eliminating wherever they wanted to. So my husband and I worked at this bar together, which is interesting. We've had a few overlapping. We worked at the French Rose together. We uh, catered whoopies together. We so we've always kind of been. It's weird to have a partner. I mean, we've been together since like 2002, and it's weird to think of so many of those years. I've done this shit like with the love of my life. So it's kind of nice to have them there, but you're also seeing that side of a person you love a lot that is an undeniable... I mean, like the tension of waiting and serving people and doing that, you can ignore it when it's yourself and you're packing the money in your pocket. I cannot tell you how many times like I would look across at him and be like, you deserve better, baby. <laughs> you know, like... And then be like, oh, shit, why don't I think that about myself? Right. Um, we... So so that, that bar got real crazy. Lots of, like, trust fund kids, so many black Amexes, like, clinking down on the brass bar. And such a disgusting place like it was always the place i was older than those people thinking if i had that black amex i would be treating myself so well right now not drinking like this blueberry stoli with red bull and in a plastic cup like dancing and what we found out is the bathroom space was limited 
one night it was me that busted. A guy came up to the bar. And he was sort of looking at me woozy. And I was like, and I was like, do you need something? And he's like, yeah, I'm waiting for my friend. And then I realized both his hands weren't, neither of his hands were on the bar. And then I looked and I looked at his face and I was like, your, your dick is out and you're peeing against the bar right now. And then we put it together and we realized that these guys, drunk, it's loud, were just coming up to the bar, taking their dicks out and just peeing on the bar, standing there, like looking around. That was the, le- that was the level to which we were... We're sinking. Our faces are um. all, um, I mean, my dog, who is a serial pisser on everything in my home, wouldn't do that. What? The big, the, is the big one or the little one the pisser? He's the pisser. Of course he is. he's a boy. Yeah. How long did you work this place? Is there a year and a half? Okay. And right when I was working there, it was the place that would change. It was the place that would just turn into me. something. Oh, well, it, it was the it. place that would make me have to really think about what I wanted yeah. from life. And um, I remember a couple anecdotes. One time was my husband is like six six, and he looks like Rock Hudson crossed with like a young George Clooney. He like, like I can confirm. I, yeah, I can like, confirm. I, I like to tell people that I didn't get any action all throughout college and undergrad, and it was like the love karma gods were like, you deserve something here. <laughs> um, and he. I remember one night he was at the other end of the bar by the beer tap far away and our, our bar t- bartender Lindsay was between us and Lindsay was like a blonde who looked like Br- Bridget Bardot and like all the guys like it's kind of cool because you could like really relax on serving because like no one wanted you or Jack like all the dudes and I was like I don't do shit right now but she's fucked um, and <clears throat> one night I noticed this horde of girls over where Jack was and this girl was holding out money and I could only hear the I couldn't hear it over partying in the USA and this girl had money and she was waving it and Jack and I was like oh she's drunk and he's cutting her off like I'm sure what's happening and then finally like it wouldn't end and I, I stepped down to the bar and what this girl was doing with a $20 bill surrounded by her other girlfriends who were actively trying to pull her away from the bar was saying just kiss me holding out a $20 bill to my husband just drunkenly saying Aww. will you kiss me just kiss me i was like fuck you these people are drunk um but the worst the worst night and this was the night when i was like i have to go i have to get out is i was at the bar it was near the end of the night and this woman came up and you know when you know when the person's so drunk that the there's not a lot of eye contact they're kind of cookie monster eyes like just wondering they're looking at your shoulder and then there's a lot of ceiling looking like that kind of thing yeah yeah (laughs) I mean, we've been there, but this this woman came up and she had she had huge breasts that were really she had a very good bra, super powered bra with a white tank top and like a shirt over it. And she her boobs were almost like on the bar. It was a high bar. And she was just like I couldn't understand her with like eyes wondering. And as I'm talking to her, I'm being like, look, I'm so sorry. I can't serve you. There's no way as I'm talking to her, my peripheral, I looked down and I realized like her breasts are like moving like there's something like it looks like there's like snakes or some kind of situation. And my eyes, I'm like, and it was dark and there's people like, what the fuck am I looking at? And as I'm looking at that, this man's head, like a moon kind of rises over one of her shoulders. And he also has the eyes rolling back. And he had almost more of that, you know, in New York, it's so sad, but like the junkies on the corner, they don't, they don't fall over. They've got the downturned mouth and they're always about to fall over, the, but the, they, the teeter-totter, they write the themselves. Yeah. He looked like he was in a full, like coming up over her shoulder and realized it was his knuckles that he had been maybe on the ground, like with his 
face like against her butt, feeling her boobs up and then was coming up behind her. And at one point, then they're both there over each other. And I'm like, get the fuck. I just like, get the fuck out. I call security. I'm just so, I'm at the end of my rope. I had, I had, I was about to be diagnosed. No, I'd been diagnosed with Crohn's disease a little bit earlier and I was really sick. So I was also like really skinny, had no energy, had an ice pack. It was a mess, right? So I'm so pissed. I get that by the time security comes, the people are gone. I'm really sorry about where this story goes. <laughs> and then, so we're closing up at the end of the night. Lots of DJs and DJs friends, friends of the bar. It was a big space. We could be really kind to people. Like after hours, it was really fun there. And we fucking earned it at that place. People playing pool, nice vibe. And I'm going around cleaning. And there's this one little nook where there's like a little banquette. It's this dark corner of the bar. And as I look, I'm like, who are those people? And I realize... It's the couple. Somehow, they've not only not been removed, but they're there like an hour after we've closed in what is a fairly intimate, nice, low-key party. And I look, and this is what is happening. She is sitting on the edge of a banquette. She's leaning over it, full projectile vomiting onto the floor. He is sitting on the other side of her with full heroin, like heroin mouth, eyes rolled back, with his hand up her skirt, just finger blasting her as she vomits onto the floor with his face fully like rolling. Like he doesn't even know what's happening. And I looked at them and I remember, I remember I was holding, I had swept up glass. So I had a dustpan of glass and a broom. And I always remember the sound of the glass as I was like, what the fuck? Cause it just flew out of the, I was like, what the fuck? You're just glass shattering. And they kind of didn't know I was there. They were just kind of like, what? And I was like, security. So they fucking came back down and they moved them. And that night I was like, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. And that was what I thought the next like four months that I worked at that bar. Oh. I said, I am quitting my job tomorrow. But that really was like, I would remember that every time over the next few months until I finally quit that job. Because that was just like a degree of like alcohol. Like I couldn't. It pushed you. The, the furthest you could, yeah. It was like, I, I have to How many have people stop. would you have to, like, call security on a night? Every night. Yeah. You, they eventually gave us tiny flashlights so that we could, like, flash and they could see. Like, kind of like super, they were almost laser pointers practically. Was that a like fun, him. Was that a fun power play <laughs> when you got one? Were you like, yes, I'm going to laser light you. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I love, I think there's a power when you work in that kind of environment where people are dicks and black Amexes and daddy's trust funds. There's, like, a power, deservedly, when you get to be like, no. Yeah, because no, you. no yeah. one said no to them yeah. ever. And yeah. I'm like, it's going to be me. You're too drunk. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt someone else. How was the you money? Didn't me. Like, did you make lots and lots of money? There were nights that I went home with like five, five fifty. That's great. Um, and there were times in the summer where it was like, you know, but it, I mean, I mean, you know, it felt like go, it felt like coming home from like battle. Yeah. You know, like, and I was so amped up. Jack and I were obsessed with Battlestar Galactica. It was live on the air when we worked there. We were obsessed with that show. And the nights that we worked, we were so amped up that all we could do is we couldn't wait to get home to at six or six thirty watch Battlestar to hit the sack around like eight in the morning. Like I think about oh, that now. Wow. I think about us tucking in bed at like we'll look at each other and be like, "It is ten forty-five, honey," and look we are going that. to bed with like the dog at the foot of the bed. I'm like, "Who the fuck was that?" How do- I don't know how I did it. It feels just like a race against the sun, like you're yeah. a fucking vampire, like and like you hear the birds chirp, and it's just a different state of mind. Yeah. Plus, like. You just get into a situation working th- that late, those nights after hours where you'll party and then you're wasted. And yeah. like, if you're doing other things besides drinking, like it's all, it's just your yeah. lifestyle. I love that. Other things besides <laughs> drinking. And Amen. Then, you know, those things. You're yeah. getting finger the blasted thing? while vomiting, if you know what I mean. You know what um, I mean. Yeah. Well, I think um, you and Jack should come back on. 
and talk <gasps> together. Oh, that I would be great. Oh. I didn't know you guys worked together as that waiters. Level couples therapy. Yeah. I mean, it is. Well, you know, this is the thing. I, you know, if he comes back, he'll talk about it. But he just a couple months ago, like decided this is the time in my life because he's worked on and off in the service industry since then. And he just did that thing two months ago. where He was like, Done. I'm doing my own thing. And he decided I'm going to teach piano because I love it. I'm going to keep acting and I'm going to start a little plant business. And in two months, he's done all of those things. And, I love that. And doesn't, you know, and, and again, I always I was thinking about saying that earlier. It's not a value. I think that that work. I know people who've worked mm-hmm. in that industry and gone on to like in a way that brings them so much joy, open their own bars yeah. and work in the industry in like the healthiest way. Yeah. But at a certain point, you're watching some unconscious woman vomit and get finger blasted and you just can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you just know this is not a for game me. for me. No. Shouldn't be here mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Here's a tip, and this is specifically for people who have worked in the service industry before because I feel like I've talked to this around a few people that have waited tables or bartended and they've been like, I feel what you're saying. I sometimes try too hard as a former server in the company of other servers because I want to make sure they feel okay, appreciated, and liked. And I have had experiences where I could tell at a certain point, like afterwards, Jack will be like, I think they just wanted you to shut up. I think they just didn't want to be asked about what they were up to or what was happening. They just wanted to get on with the business of, of bringing you baguette or whatever the shit was that you needed. And that, that's a real, I caught myself like two days ago, I'm like, she is. She just wants away from me right now. Like, you, you <laughs> Do you like it here? Is it busy? Is this crazy? I don't want to jinx it, but you're not right. busy now. Oh, you turned I? into that weirdo, like, David. Yep. <laughs> you mm-hmm. just kept going. You are seen. You are <laughs> I, seen. I mean, yeah. To the point that I feel like the waiter's like, stop seeing me. Stop seeing. Um, I wish you were blind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, be quiet. Let them get on. Get on with their work. Exactly. Be nice. Leave it alone. That's They're our, at work. That's our takeaway all the time. Is just yeah. be nice. Be, be nice. nice to your server. Yeah, and you know, and tip. Hell yeah, always tip. That was perfect. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Thanks David for having Crab. me. I we'll love see- y'all and your do- and these precious beasts. We'll see you back here with Jack. Okay. Yeah, that'll be fun. Awesome. I love that. Here's a tip mm-hmm. for you guys. I was just introduced to this really fun, fun discovery on spotify um there's a guy is it my album no no Uh. but you can if you didn't brooke please plug sure uh i'm an artist on spotify brooke van poplin you can find my comedy album and also my musical ep with julian villard the comfort zone and listen to us on spotify what are they called uh there's hard feelings and then the the comfort zone Awesome. So there's also this guy named Timothy um, Walsh, Walshards, um, W-A-L-S-C-H-A-E-R-T-S. And he has made over 150 playlists that are public, uh, uh, that are introductions to different genres of music. So it's kind of, it's like sub, sub category. So it's like synth wave, chill wave, vapor wave, new jazz, down temple, minimal electronic. They sound like weed strain Drill names. and bass. Yeah, Eurodance, trance, acid house. I mean, it goes on and acid on house. and on. Dark country rock, southern gothic, gothic. And yeah, yeah. And then like a whole series of like gay pride, every different color is proud to be frout. Proud to be rap, proud to be gabber. I mean, sub sub categories of like specific like gay genres of music. So, if you guys want to go down a deep deep wormhole and like discover any new genres of music that like and discover the very very basics of it, I would say go ahead and follow this guy on Spotify and also listen to 
Sidework Podcast on May- Spotify. Uh, maybe we can spell his name on our Instagram. Yeah. When we post this. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Hey, let's get out there in summer. Thanks for listening. Sweat a little for me out there, you hot tits. Pour, 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 some, off, pour some out of your bucket. <laughs> Pour some out of your butt sweat bucket. Hey, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please review us on iTunes and follow, subscribe, do all of the things. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Baby, we in your face.